DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. His weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ, PK, how are you? Good. We're good. I thought maybe PK would be singing a little Santana coming back. Well, I've been telling DJ for many years he's got to change his evil ways, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah, go I mean, he's on. out there with Gina Joan and a who knows who. He's been running around <laughs> uh, all over town. You got all over mind. town. Yeah. You know what? When all this all this you know gets back to normal, PK, you know it's concert time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, we've uh, got a little Christmas savings. I think I got like twenty five hundred bucks in concert tickets refunded to me. <laughs> I've heard that there are going to be two shows in November because Salt Lake is going from uh, orange to yellow. Well, I wasn't ready to make that announcement yet, DJ. <laughs> Man, this is big I, news. I have, it on, <laughs> I have it on very good authority. I don't know what Breaking. the shows are, but there are going to be a couple shows, so keep your ear to the ground. Yeah, I had to get a refund for ZZ Top and uh, Def Leppard. <laughs> Bummer. I was looking forward to that one. Speaking of bummers, how about that Mike Conley shot that would have won the series coming out? Oh, so close. Uh, you know what, an inch? Maybe two? Um, you know, then the argument is, why were the Jazz in that position up 3-1? But, man, that was a hard-fought series. There's some good talent on that floor uh, on both sides. And it was about uh, as entertaining as you would want. Um, you know, those are tickets, PK, DJ, that you know everyone would say, if you could get into the building, I would have paid to see, right? I mean, it was uh, it was uh, a battle with Jamal Murray, who's obviously taken his game to uh, uh, another high level. And Donovan proved a lot of things, I think, not only as a 23-year-old, but as a player, but also just as an individual in the way that he, he's made a stand. Uh, pretty impressive. Really, really impressive. Uh, things to do, and I think the Jazz – uh, with Donovan, that's the direction, obviously, they want to go. And all indications, you know, points that a max contract is coming his way when free agency occurs. And don't forget, Bogdanovich will be, will, will return. That was the one piece that really was mentioned much. I don't think the Jazz wanted to even really make that a, a piece of the conversation during their time, guys, down in the bubble. But, you know, still, um, I thought they laid it on the floor, and you saw Donovan – actually lay on the floor, I think, in exhaustion and uh, frustration and disappointment, you know, after the shot. It, if you look at that one replay, guys, did you see Donovan put his hands in the air? Yep. You know, he's a pretty good predictor, right, of when shots are going down. And I thought, you know, he thought it was it was good. But game of inches, and it didn't, it didn't drop. I tend to get caught up in what is going now. A lot of people think, oh, back in the day it was better. But for me, I'm I'm sort of the opposite, so I have to catch myself. But listening from start to finish, and you go on our website and listen to it for folks out there who haven't heard, Donovan Mitchell's post-game Zoom interview, as far as what he was putting out there about himself, the pain that he felt, the conviction to get better for himself and for the team, I literally thought it was the best post-game series ending from the losing team's perspective, which is a lot of dashes there, interview that I've ever heard. Yes, I would totally agree. Um, 
you know, he had nine turnovers, PK, and there was no hiding from anything, right? Um, he took it upon himself to say this, and he kind of reviewed, uh, you know, the series and the eight-second call and all the things that went right and wrong. And, you know, he didn't hide from any of the mistakes that were that were made by him. And I found a guy that just continues to impress me. Uh, I can't remember when we all sit back thinking, what were you doing at 23 is something, you know, you weren't that proud of, but we were trying to make our way, right? Um, and he's he's just a, really an interesting and incredible young man. Um, I just was most impressed that he said, look, you know, uh, it's me, I can do better. Um, and he didn't try to, you know, he took it upon himself to take blame, but not all the blame, and he shouldn't. But I, I really thought it was uh, very impressive. And I, I'm with you, PK. They ought to, you know, I hope people listen to it if they have, let's say, differing opinions about Donovan. I think that tells you a lot about the young man right there in that postgame interview for sure. So I'm curious, as Quinn tinkers with this in the offseason, how much is going to change? Because in the regular season, and really what we've seen over a couple of years, is the idea is have multiple guys who can handle the ball and run pick and rolls. Don't worry right. about who the point guard is, right? Joe could be initiating it. Mike Conley could be starting it. And obviously Donovan could be starting it. And that gives you a chance to pick on the matchup you want. But if Donovan is going to play this level that produces 50-point games, is this team going to switch to more of the, uh, well, <laughs> to the guy who's now the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash? Uh, is it going to be more Steve Nash, Phoenix Suns, where it's like, well, put the ball in this guy's hands because that's always your best matchup because look at the level he's playing at. That is a great question because – Again, Quinn's theory, as you just uh, expertly explained, is pick and roll at the rim, threes, ball handlers, and just, you know, get the open shot, right? And rotate the ball on the perimeter until the shot, the best shot becomes available. Uh, yeah, the Nash theory would be uh, dribble, dribble, fine, fine, you know, draw in defenders and then, you know, make his move. I don't know. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell needs to be the point guard, so to speak, right? Um, or they get away from multiple ball handler, handlers, and Donovan is uh, the one that dictates the rhythm of this team. It's intriguing to think what that would be. Uh, I think Joe, honestly, seems more comfortable when he brings a ball up the court and has a chance to survey the defense and then make decisions and pulls the trigger on a three. I like the way he started in Game 7, right? Five quick points. I thought that, that's a great sign because Joe really is a big piece of this team, heart and soul, and to get him started early is a good thing. And then that just kind of, you know, uh, died away. But, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I think the Bogdanovich question, too, is, you know, bringing him back. And, and obviously, he's part of that starting rotation, no doubt about it. Be a re-sign, and hopefully I think a lot of fans think they re-signed Jordan Clarkson. Uh, what do you do with Gobert on an, on an extension on the max deal? Uh, would he take less uh, to m- potentially bring in another another piece of this puzzle? Uh, again, every year we have this discussion about what ifs, and no difference. Uh, you just keep thinking, man, it's just close. There's good things. 
that you see. I think also adding another bench guy is very important. Strengthening the bench, another option there for Quinn. So a lot to be done in a short period of time. When we play again, I don't know, but there's a lot to be done uh, before we get to December or the first of the year. Yep, you took the words right out of my mouth as far as what I think they need. Another bench guy. You know, they tried it with Jeff Green, and it didn't work. They shipped him out. But I think they need that type of player. Not not. I mean, when I say that type of player, I'm talking about a veteran guy who understands, you know, like a younger Joe Johnson. I thought Joe Johnson, man, I wish they would have gotten him four years earlier. Come in here. You know your role. You know exactly what we're looking for. You're all about business. I always thought Joe was the ultimate professional in everything he did. He was just here to play basketball and help the Jazz win ball games. And whatever you ask him to do, he'll do it. And he can come up big, maybe not the course of 82, but in given situations, he still had it. And that's what every team needs to improve. But I think that if I identify one area, where they need improvement, it's in that bench to have another option that you can count on most nights alongside Clarkson. Yeah, I like your thought about Joe Johnson four years younger, right? Oh, man, that would have been uh, – that's the perfect combo, I think, uh, that fits Quinn's system. And I, I'm going to ask you guys this. I think with Donovan making those statements that he did in the bubble, both on and off the floor in the sense of the direction he wants the league to go, uh, and what he stands for, uh, and the performance that he put together in those seven games, and an all-star, obviously, this year. I think when it comes to having players' ears, this may be the best situation that Jazz has been in, maybe the entire franchise history, to actually have play other players' ears as Donovan recruits players' And says, if you know, why not join me? I think it's a real, a real positive. Uh, the extension comes at the right time, and that he is a real focal point in the league right now, and that he has the ability to say, you know, look, and even to the franchise, not to control the Millers or Quinn Snyder, but to make his voice heard about pieces needed and the ability that players actually want to play with him. I don't know if you guys agree, but I thought about it a lot last night watching, uh, you know, the Thunder and and the Rockets, and I just wondered, wow, how where is Donovan and that ability to be a voice in this league where players actually have enough respect to say, yeah, I'm coming, I want to work with you, and I want to make something special happen. Yes, I see your point. I just think that point would have been accentuated if they'd found a way to beat the Nuggets and take the Clippers to six because it would say to the rest of the league, look how close they are. Now, maybe if the Nuggets take it to six, people are savvy enough, players, agents, and all that, to say, well, there's really not that much difference one through seven. When you're seventh, it sounds like you're a long way from first, but if the Clippers end up winning the championship... Who's really going to say the Mavericks are that far away? I mean, did you watch that series? You know, Porzingis was kind of a bit player because of his availability with ejections and injuries, and it was a six-gamer. So, you know, there's really not that big a gap. Well, it's the West, right? I mean, you're right. I mean, every year you look at the same top eight, nine, and ten who fight and fight to get in. Uh, it's a it's a hell of a conference, and we're and we we've seen that to this point. To your point, you're right. 
and it's you're just everyone's just not that far away, and you t- keep tinkering with your lineups to wonder what that missing piece would be. And uh, you know, I and again, PK, you throw Bogdanovich back in. We keep forgetting that we lost twenty points in a forty-one percent three-point shooter. But uh, I, I think obviously he's going to uh, solidify the lineup even more, and there's more options there. But I keep thinking that one other piece, and we I guess this is a common discussion on talk radio in every city, right? Gosh, is that one piece? What is it? And it has to be the right one. It's a tough decision and a tough, uh, you know, uh, the, to have that continuity and the, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess you, you've got to have the right guy who buys into the system, right? Who fits the system as well. So, uh, again, another interesting offseason ahead and a short one, most likely. We were talking about this earlier. It's funny that uh, the Steve Nash news has come about because I was contemplating Donovan Mitchell's ceiling these last few days, and obviously we're all impressed. And, you know, for those people who are upset, and there's some of them out there about the social activism, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Donovan Mitchell can do jumping jacks during the national anthem if that's the thing he's best expressing himself because what I want from these guys is to ball out between the floor and that be the uh, the lines on the floor because that's that's what they're paid to do essentially and he did that and I was thinking about his impact and the name kept coming up to me before we heard about Nash get back into coaching was he can have the same kind of impact on his team that Steve Nash had and we'll go with the Suns when that was his finest time when he w- and I realized it's a two-time MVP MVP so the bar is ex- it's set extremely high I don't know about the MVP stuff but I do believe Mitchell can have a similar impact on his team that Nash had, recognizing that Nash individually was a great player, but also when you look at Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion and some of the other guys, clearly their best times in the NBA were when they were playing with Nash. I believe Mitchell can have that kind of impact on himself and his team. Yeah, no argument. No argument there. What happens, you just said, is you take other players and because you play with a player like Nash or a Donovan Mitchell, right, PK, they become better uh, as a group. And uh, leadership is an important thing in, in any aspect of what you do in business and sports or what have you. And uh, But the talent level there, uh, I don't know if that's an – you're right about the MVP talk, but, you know, hey, the, if the stars align, so be it. But multiple all-star appearances, very productive – and, you know, I saw the other um, storyline a couple of days ago. Finally, they, they've labeled Donovan Mitchell as D-Wade 2.0. Now, look, you know, there's still a long ways to go, but you see the potential uh, and the possibilities, right? And I think that a, a player like Donovan or like a Steve Nash just makes other players around him better. Stockton did that Malone did that those are special names in jazz franchise history and here's one that you know that wants to be it too PK and DJ Donovan wants to be the guy and I'm not knocking Hayward but look everyone knows he he didn't really want that role and the reason why he went on to Boston you know play for coach whatever for Brad Stevens but here is a guy that really wants to be the guy and those are rare, rare individuals who come into that position, much like a Steve Nash that ran the Suns for so long. So, you know, again, maybe we're on the maybe the Jazz are on the cusp of that uh, with what Donovan accomplished in, in in the bubble. 
I think that if you listen to the entire post game, you know, it's easy to say I want to be the guy. Anybody can say anything. You know, how are you in, in tough moments? And getting interviewed after a Game 7 loss, that's a tough moment. Uh, but his uh, take-no-prisoners attitude, even when assessing himself, I just think that really, if you, were, if you were watching and listening to that, you could really feel how badly he wanted to get better. And because Absolutely. we've already seen him get better, and because we've, I, I think for some people, um, well, and, and probably me, trying to figure out what his ceiling was and thinking he's already exceeded what I considered to be his ceiling early on, admitting that even then you don't really know in a rookie it's really hard to set a ceiling. But wherever I would have set it, it didn't include what I just saw in that playoff series. And yet watching that playoff series, I know he can still get better. Yeah, and so that's, that's the exciting absolutely. thing. Yeah, yeah I think, again, better ball handling, decision-making, uh, handling the pressure. You know, you know, he took it onto himself. I think both you guys would agree in those final quarter and a half to say, all right, all right, I'm, I'm going to bring this team back. We're going. And I think, again, with pressure, you know, there's mistakes that are made. But he's the main ball handler. He's making some of those decisions. And I'm, you're right, I think he gets better in those uh, crunch time situations even more so than he was. And um, somebody asked me the other uh, yesterday, uh, that was just, you know, trying to play for the cameras, falling on the floor. I said, are you kidding me, man? The guy was spent emotionally, you know, when, that, when the ball rimmed out did, and came out. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had given all he could and laid it on the floor. That's kind of the definition of, of what we say. And I, I, I totally believe that was a moment in his mind where he just had to take a breath and just said, you know, damn. Um, and probably a little bit more uh, stronger language than that. But, you know. Uh, I thought it was cool. Jamal Murray came over and helped pick him up. And there was a moment there again where you see two guys who battled their hearts out. Sadly, the Jazz didn't make it to round two. But uh, I, have, I have no problem with Donovan and the way that he, you know, tried to, you know, bring the Jazz back all by himself. And hey, Conley was close, right? It, it's just that close. Um, but again, the Utah Jazz have to also understand you can't lose three-one leads, and that's part of this process uh, that I think that will that Donovan is going to lead the way on. And another lesson. I know people get tired of that, but it is a, it is a process, man. I think they feel the same way in Portland with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. What's it going to take? And uh, sooner or later, you know, you may have to make some tough decisions with that guard line too. But I think the Jazz are young enough with Donovan that what I saw without Bogdanovich, uh, there was impressive moments and, and stretches there that you got to still feel good about. So I had heard a rumor that if the Jazz organization buys the RSL soccer team, that you will take over as the play-by-play on TV. And I want to just say that I hope that happens. Well, I, you know, that's I didn't want that to break on radio. <laughs> no, <laughs> that just means David James is uh, even bigger part of the Jazz family, right? If that all happens, oh, he can do that Monarchs thing. That's very important. Okay. All right. No, no, no. DJ, I tell you, man, I mean, I don't know if this is, if those rumors are true, but uh, what, a, what a sports addition that would be, huh? At the no game comment. last night, talk. No, I have a comment. I have plenty of comments. We can talk about it all day long. Remember <laughs> me. Uh, if, <laughs> talking to people there, they're not sure. Yeah. People, they're, they're not sure how this is going to break. You know, it's. Uh, you know, how, how do people want to, how do a couple of really, everyone has heard the same thing. 
There's, there might be some third or fourth party out there that could be a serious bidder. I think if the Josie Altador, uh, J.J. Watt thing came through, it, with them as the main pieces, that, that would be a little surprising to people right now. I think uh, Qualtrics you, and LHM this, are the two things everybody's looking at right now. Does this team leave? Does this team what? Does it leave Salt Lake City or is it stay? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think there's too much real estate involved. There's I mean, you can never. You can never rule out a trillionaire saying, "I want to move the Sonics to Oklahoma City." I don't care. Trillionaire. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you can't rule that out. But if you were making a deal that made the most financial sense, if you're buying a stadium and a massive training academy with another stadium on the grounds, and you're buying a charter high school. You're going to keep the team here. I mean, that, yeah. that angers well, every, every piece you need is here. There's right. no doubt. Every yeah. piece. Uh, because that stadium is about as good as it gets, by the way. That's a, that's a beautiful uh, piece of property, as we know. And you're right. The real estate is, is probably one of the, the biggest. Um, I can't think of another deal that would involve so much real estate and stadiums, right? And uh, academies and um, offshoots of Real. So, yeah. Uh, I, the smart move would be to find a buyer that would agree to keep it in Salt Lake City. That'd probably be the most profitable for both sides. And in a couple of years, there's a decent chance it'll be a uh, league-wide network that won't be local broadcast. It'll look more like the NFL. Don't rule that out. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowler, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for checking in. By the way, Bowler. You are presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours with 16 neighborhood health centers. U of U Health has a game plan for your family's care. Visit uofuhealth.org slash jazz. I appreciate that. Guys, um, we'll talk soon. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Bowler. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone.